Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Hello, everyone. It's Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq, and we are super excited to have you with us on this podcast. Uh, this podcast is, is, we're going to talk about the difference between buy and hold and a passive approach. So if you're, if you've been told by somebody here, what you need to do is just buy a portfolio, hold it, hang in there, uh, live through the stress. Don't worry about how much money you're going to lose. And then everything will be okay. And that's frustrating to you. You're going to want to listen to this episode. We have a very special guest, Jack Rudiman. He has been a mentor of mine now for almost a decade or a little bit better than that now. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. But before we do that, we have to do our little 30 second disclosure and Merce is going to take care of that for us. All right, just so everyone knows, the information contained in this episode uh, is general information only, should not be constru construed as individualized advice. Please contact your professional advisors for advice appropriate to your specific situation. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments have different types of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable or equal uh, the corresponding indicative indicated performance levels. Moreover, you should not assume that any of this content serves as the receipt of or substitute for any type of personalized investment advice. And you're a great disclosure guy there, Merce. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was all one breath. <laughs> all right. So let me give you a little bit of backdrop here. Um, it was somewhere around 2008, 2009, that I learned about a course that Jack Rudiman was teaching. And the name of the course was called No More Pies. And I decided that I would uh, go out and listen to this course because in my world, I work with folks that are within about 10 years of retirement or in retirement, and they are very concerned about making sure that their money stays with them and doesn't get swept away by declining stock market. And I wanted to make sure that I had a good strategy in place to be able to do that. And I had looked around at a lot of different places. And then I go to this course, No More Pies, and it really changed everything. And I actually ended up uh, going into a relationship with uh, Jack to where uh, now for the last 10 years, we have worked together. I've learned a lot from him. And I, I still today, Merce and I uh, make sure that we know exactly what Jack is thinking. And we thought it would be good for him to come on. I've been doing this for 20 years. I think Jack has been doing it for a lot longer. So we'll ask him about that and we'll get to know him a little bit. So Jack, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Good morning to both of you. So Jack, can you just give us a little bit of background? I know that uh, some folks who are listening to this have, have uh, met you and, and heard you speak before, but could you just tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, a little bit about the background of Jack Rudiman? Okay, uh, I'll keep it brief. Um, uh, it's pretty boring. Uh, I was born in Northwest DC, grew up in Northwest DC. Uh, I live now in a place called Potomac, Maryland. I literally am less than five miles from where I was born. Certainly nothing exciting there. 
I've spent uh, my entire life in uh, the DC metropolitan area and the suburbs west of DC known as Montgomery County, which is where Bethesda Naval, NIH, FDA, all those alphabet agencies are. And um, I went to University of Maryland. I was at an all boys military high school and uh, hoped to go to the academy. And I failed uh, the physical at the age of 18. My vision was 201300 as in 1300. And that kept me out of all the academies. And I went to Maryland and said, heck, they won't let me be an Air Force officer, so I'll be a businessman. And um, I was very, very lucky. Uh, and I say lucky, I don't think it was talent. Uh, in my senior year at Maryland, uh, I got recruited by the predecessor organization of what is today called American Express. And in 1973, they were known as Investors Diversified Services. And I got recruited into their college program. And the rest is history. Um, I'm one of those few people that can honestly tell you I have been in the same profession for 46 years. Wow. wow. 46 years. That's that's very impressive. My, myself, I've been in it for about, I've been with Raiden for nine and then in financial services in general for about 11 now. Um, and I aspire to do that as well, what you're doing. Um, so can you, what would you say, uh, I know you kind of mentioned that you got to start into uh, what is now American Express. Um, but what would you say that you love the most about the financial services industry? Um, number one, I love numbers. Numbers and finance, I, I, I can do math in my head that CPAs need a calculator for. Um, I love numbers. I love math. I love statistics. I love finance. I love operations research. Um, we did not grow up poor, but we were lower middle class. And um, I've always been one of those guys who, you know, wanted to make money and get the toys that he didn't have when he was a kid. So I'm, I'm very financially motivated and I love helping people with money. Um, every day I pride myself on the fact that I've stopped somebody from making a really, really, really bad decision. And unfortunately, financial planning and money management is not taught at the high school level or the college level. And uh, every day I'm talking to somebody who did something stupid with a credit card, a home equity line of credit, loan money to a relative, took money out of their IRA and, and invested in a restaurant in Ocean City. Uh, it, it's insane. Uh, so we, we go to all this trouble to educate our kids and uh, we put them through PE and sex ed and we run up two, $300,000 bills, uh, putting them through college and nowhere along the way are they getting basic financial education so that's really left up to the guys and, and women like us in, in, in our profession, because these, these young adults need financial guidance and financial education. And there's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of financial predators in our business that are notorious for taking advantage, not only of young adults, but of senior citizens. So I, I sort of feel like I'm a financial first responder in that part of my job is to stop people from uh, being given bad information and being taken advantage of. Yeah, well, good. So Jack, 46 years, that's a long time uh, to be doing the same thing. And uh, no doubt, like all of us, when you get into an industry like this, when you're taught 
maybe things that aren't the best. I mean, you know, you're taught a way to go do something or a way to approach something. And then you find out, wait a minute, there might be a better way. And I, I mentioned that I met you in this course that you taught called No More Pies. Could you give us a little bit of background to say what changed in your thinking over that 46 years that made you go from, say, one way of thinking about how you manage money that got you to this point that says, wait a minute, this, this maybe old approach of how you manage money is not the best. And therefore that got you on this track that led you to this idea of no more pies. And if you could, just for the audience listening, are we, we're not talking about like, you know, apple pie and pecan pie and that can, we're, what are we talking about when you say no more pies? How'd you get there? That's, that's one of the fun parts of telling people about the class. Um, as you know, and I'm pretty sure 99% of your audience knows, uh, if you deal with traditional stockbrokers, investment advisors, they will build you what's called a pie chart. And they'll interview you and they say, okay, you're 45, you got life expectancy of 40 years, you're going to work another 20. And they construct this circle called a pie chart. And the pie chart has all of these cheese wedges in it. And the cheese wedges are arranged based on large cap growth, mid cap growth, small cap growth, fixed income, bonds, emerging markets, international, gold, silver, real estate alternatives. And you put all that stuff together and the industry refers to it as a pie chart, which is not necessarily bad. Here's the problem with the pie chart. Once it's built, they tend to ignore it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So now you end up with old pie. And the purpose of our class is we reject the concept of a fixed static pie chart. We believe the pie chart should be a living document that in theory could be changed daily, maybe even weekly. At the absolute least, the pie chart should be revisited monthly or quarterly to see if it is still the applicable pie chart for your situation. And even if your situation hasn't changed, we have seen in the last 20 years, actually the last 40 years, uh, we have seen enormous volatility in the stock market. Uh, one of the reasons I think I've been successful is I was exposed to trial by fire. Uh, my first full year, uh, and to show you I can make mistakes like everybody else, I've been in the business 47 years. My first full year in the business was 1973, and I endured the negative 49% 1973 74 uh, bear market correction as a rookie in the business, which culminated with Richard Nixon's resignation in August of uh, 74. So imagine being a rookie investment advisor and your first two years in the business are 73, 74, Vietnam War, negative 49, S&P 500, the president resigns. So after that happened to me, I said, hey, you know, it can only get better from here. <laughs> so to, fa to fast forward, um, again, I think it's a matter of luck. It, it wasn't preconceived talent on my part. But in 1990, uh, I met a guy named Bill Good, who was running a practice management financial services consulting company. And uh, I signed up with Bill Good. And uh, to this day, I, I practice the Bill Good uh, marketing office management practice management system. And um, through Bill Good, I stumbled onto a guy named Tom Dorsey. And Tom Dorsey is 
in my opinion, I don't think many people would disagree with me, but in my opinion, Tom Dorsey is the current living grandfather, uh, uh, godfather, if you will, of the technical analysis industry. And I was fortunate enough to uh, get involved with Tom Dorsey in 1992 and attended one of his uh, four-day training seminars and uh, signed up for his monthly coaching calls, read all of his books. And uh, to this day, uh, I am a huge fan and advocate uh, of Tom Dorsey. And I always tell anybody I'm ever speaking with, I say, look, if you want the real truth and you don't want to listen to the talking heads on CNBC, and you don't want to listen to mutual fund wholesalers trying to put you in a stupid pie chart. If you want the real truth, the real, real truth, you need to read Tom Dorsey's point and figure charting. It's a $25 book, and it will save you millions and millions of dollars. It is the Bible of stock market risk management, which mutual fund wholesalers and broker dealer executives, they don't want their advisors to know this information. And they don't want their advisors clients to know this information. The purple Kool-Aid piece of the pie chart, which is why we called the class no more pies, is Dwight Eisenhower made famous the military industrial complex term. I like to take credit for having made famous the mutual fund broker dealer complex. The mutual fund broker dealer complex is a multi-trillion dollar industry of people whose job is to keep you fully invested 100% of the time in the pie chart. Doesn't matter what the stock market's doing. Stock market can be negative 49, like 7374. It can be negative 57, like October 07 to March 09. Doesn't matter what the stock market's doing. Doesn't matter what political crisis we're in. They want you to own 100% of the pie chart 100% of the time because that's where they get their revenue. They don't want you messing with their cheese. But that's not reality. It's not reality. I'm sure you've all taught your clients the math game. You lose 50%. It takes 100% to recover from 50. Right. I've done a 20-year analysis of the S&P 500. And the total return of the S&P 500 for the last 20 years is 63%. Not 63% per year, but 63% for the entire 20 years. And if you go back and look at March 2000 to May of 2013, approximately 13 years and two months, the total return on the S&P 500 was zero. I don't call that an investment plan, but that's what, that's what the mutual fund broker-dealer industrial complex wants you to do. They want you to keep your money in the pie chart, even if the return is zero for 13 years. They want you to keep your money in the pie chart, even if the return is 63% for 20 years. Not 63% per year, but 63% for an entire 20-year basis. And all of this is black and white data. 
This isn't some mumbo jumbo vitamin salesman talking to you. Every number I've just given you is black and white data. You can look it up on an S&P 500 uh, uh, chart. And, and, and to me, that's not giving people financial planning. One of the things that we teach our advisors, and both of you know this because we've been working together for at least 11 years, maybe 12, but at least 11. One of the things I try to teach people and it gets them very angry, gets them very, very angry. I say to them, what's your number one job? And they go, um, uh, relationship management, financial planning, estate planning, helping people with budgets. I go, no, that's not your number one job. Your number one job is to manage money and stop them from losing 50% once every six years, which is the statistical average of the last 18 bear market corrections over the last 95 years. And this really, really irritates some people because I say to them, I go, look, I, I don't care how much money you spend on steak dinners. I don't care how many golf tournaments you have. I don't care how many wine and cheese parties you have. If you lose 50% of somebody's money, they're not even gonna talk to you in church or at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I try to teach investment advisors is you need to reorient and rethink what your job is. What is the job of a doctor to do no harm? Well, maybe you should think that way. Maybe your job should be do no harm. And it doesn't matter it, it, it doesn't matter how often you go to the gym. It doesn't matter what vitamins and minerals you take. If you drive a car without a seatbelt, you're gonna kill yourself. And there's parallels to that in our industry. It's called risk management. One of the things I say to prospect clients, I go, hey, you, you're a very successful couple. I see you own a $2 million house, congratulations. Do you have fire insurance on your $2 million house? Well, of course we do. And I see you each have a very beautiful $150,000 Mercedes. You have insurance on your Mercedes? Well, of course we do. I see you have an awesome $3 million 401k plan. Congratulations on having a $3 million 401k plan. Do you have fire insurance on your $3 million 401k plan? Uh, they go, well, uh, no, I'm not sure I know what you mean by that. I go, well, let's say your 401k plan got in a car accident and you lost 50% of it. Would, would that sort of upset you? And they go, yeah. And I go, well, uh, I got some bad news for you. It's happened 18 times in the last 95 years and you don't have fire insurance on your 401k plan. And any day now, you could be looking at a negative 50% on your 401k plan, and you don't have insurance for that. And that's, that, that's the message that you have got to get to people. It amazes me how they insure their cars, they insure their houses, they insure their boats, they buy special food over the internet, they go to the gym, they work out, they take vitamins, they drive expensive cars with seat belts and airbags and navigation systems, and then they let their $3 million investment portfolio sit out there naked to be wiped out by the next class five hurricane. And that is the narrative that people need to hear. They need to understand the concept of risk management. 
and they get it when it comes to their car, their boat, their house, their body, going to the gym, but they don't get it when it comes to their investment portfolio. Right. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So, so Jack, staying on the lines of no more pies and the whole, the whole methodology behind it, <clears throat> very quickly, our practice, as you know, is built up pretty much of people that are close to or already in retirement. Uh, so can you just speak real quickly, you know, how, what you believe the importance is of that no more pies methodology, especially to someone that is in that approaching retirement phase or already retired? Because, you know, some may say, well, I can just ride it out. Or a younger investor may say, I can go with the ups and downs and I've got time with me. But can you speak to why it's so important or why you think it's so important for somebody that is very close to retirement? Uh, that's absolutely true. And in, in my world, the, the answer to your question is, 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 is common sense. Um, the older you get, the less risk tolerant you should be. And I've listened for my entire career. I've listened to mutual fund executives go, it's okay if you lose 50% because it'll come back. Number one, that's not a guarantee. And number two, I've never met a 35-year-old who said, I feel really good because I just lost 50% in the stock market and I got 30 years to get it back. Yeah. So I've never heard a 35-year-old say he felt good about losing 50% because he's got 30 years to get it back. Number two, you're not going to hear a 65-year-old say that. So when the 65-year-old loses 50%, that's far more catastrophic than the 35-year-old losing 50%. The 65-year-old cannot take a 50% hit because number one, there's no guarantee it'll come back. And number two, statistically, it could take seven to 10 years for him to get back to where he was before he lost the 50%. And now he's 73 to 75 years old. And he's not only lost 50%, he's trying to pull money out of the portfolio to live on. And if you do that math on a spreadsheet, it's not real pretty. Take a million dollars, zap it by 50%, and then say, hey, when you had the million, I could have probably paid you 60,000 a year, which is 5,000 a month. So now we're gonna pay you the same 5,000 a month, but you don't have a million, you only have 500,000. Show them the spreadsheet and show them that their portfolio just crashed and burned in six years. People need to see this in black and white, just like they need to see their chest X-ray or their EKG. If you have a bad chest x-ray or a bad EKG, you want to see it and you want to review those results with your doctor and you want to take preventive action. If you're a 65-year-old with a retirement portfolio and you're getting ready to retire, I got a message for you. 
you can't afford to lose 50%. You can't afford to lose 20. And one of the things that we teach our people and our advisors and our clients, and you both know this, I ask them to take the stomach test. Forget the silly questionnaire the lawyers and compliance officers make you take. I ask people to take the stomach test. Jack, what's the stomach test? I go, this is simple. You have a million dollars invested with me. If I lose 10% of it, are you going to hate me? Uh, no, but I might not be happy. How about if I lose 15%, 20%, 30%? At what point in time, how much of your money can I lose before you say, I hate that man, and if I see him in church, I'm going to smack him upside the head? <laughs> That's the stomach test. I don't care about the stupid questionnaire the lawyers make you fill out. What percentage of your money do I have your permission to lose and you will still like me as a friend and speak to me in the grocery store? Make people answer that question and everybody listening to this call needs to answer that question for themselves. And you'll find that 99% of people are going to tell you their comfort level is somewhere in the negative 7 to negative 15 range. But that's not what the pie chart says. Pie chart says you can lose 50% and you are going to thank us for the fact that you lost 50% because you'll get it back someday, maybe. So everybody needs to take the stomach test. How much of your money can I lose? And one, you won't hate me. And two, you'll speak to me in church. Everybody needs to be asked that question and they need to put it in writing in an email. So we have a permanent record of it. Very good. Well, uh, definitely, uh, you know, just because of the, our relationship, you know, we, Merce and I have been doing that for years and years now, and we have every one of our clients and I, I a hundred percent agree with your seven to 15. I think for us though, we, we probably have it more close to five to 15, but either way it's, it's, you know, and I, when you start asking that number, you know, what, what are you willing to lose? It changes the picture. And quite honestly, the number, the dollar amount versus the percentage affects people different. Cause they'll say five or 10%. And then you say, okay, down a million dollars, that's 50 to a hundred thousand. Oh no, I don't want to lose that much. And, and you, you have to give them that number. Now, we're recording this and in the podcast world, unfortunately, we're not able to be live, but we are recording this Friday morning, October 2nd, and the world has just found out that Donald Trump and his wife have been diagnosed with coronavirus. Now, we had a brief little conversation on this. Let me ask you this, Jack, and I was going to ask you anyway, We were because we already had this interview set up. Uh, I didn't know that today Donald Trump was going to have coronavirus. But my question to you was, you know, we've got a presidency that's uh, an election that's on, on hand for this year. I had a question about what if coronavirus picks up again and we start getting a surge and we have those issues. And now we do have a president of the United States with coronavirus. How do you look at the, what, the way we manage money and that approach of not being passive, not being the buy and hold, how that plays in connection with this type of an environment? Every, not to sound like an advertisement, but every one of our clients and your clients should be thanking you that you're their advisor because I know what you're going to do and I know what I'm going to do. We are entering what is going to be possibly the 60 most volatile days 
in the history of the United States of America since the Civil War. That's what's going to happen in the next 60 days. Regardless of this morning's news, we are headed for a presidential election in 32 days, maybe 33, depending upon how you do the math. And there's going to be one of three scenarios. Scenario one is we have a absolute irrefutable clear winner. Doesn't matter which person it is, we just have a black and white clear winner. And there is no dispute that he won. And everything goes back to normal. Scenario number two is we don't have a clear winner. We have a contested election. We have hundreds of thousands of votes in dispute in Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. We have accusations of voter fraud by each party against the other. No clear winner has 270 votes. If your listeners Google 269 versus 269, all sorts of information will come up on, on what happens. So we're at a 269-269 situation in the Electoral College, or simply put, neither party has 270. It might not be 269 versus 269, but neither party has 270. And hundreds of lawyers have been rallied all across the country, and they're in courts, and they're counting uh, ballots, and they've got security guards and accountants, and it's an absolute mess, and it goes on for 30, 40 days. The law provides for scenario three. In scenario three, if we don't have a clear electoral college winner, each state gets one vote. It's like the RSP versus SPY story. I know you've told all your clients, and we all learned that from Tom Dorsey. So each state gets one vote. Doesn't matter whether you're Rhode Island, Florida, Texas, or California, each state gets one vote. And that one vote is based on the majority political party in your legislature. So right now we have 26 state legislatures that are Republican. We have 23 state legislatures that are Democrat and Pennsylvania is split 50-50. That scenario is called the race to 26. So they all get together on the floor of the House of Representatives and the first party that gets the 26 votes controls the presidency. Now, just like in scenario one, we're 269, 269. What if scenario two is 25, 25? Guess what happens on January 20th? In scenario two, if the House of Representatives is 25-25, Nancy Pelosi enters the White House as the President of the United States on January 20th. That's very likely to happen because you only need one Republican state to defect and now you're at 25-25. Or simply put, the Electoral College neither party has 270. In the House representatives, neither party has 25 out of 50. Or neither party doesn't have 26. The law then calls for Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, to become the President of the United States on January 20th. Now, as a backdrop, not to be melodramatic, but you, you asked the question, as a backdrop, what do you think is going on between November 4th and January 20th. Massive lawsuits, class actions, 
litigation in state courts, litigation in federal courts, riots in the streets. We are headed for a nasty, nasty 60 days. I hope and pray for our country that I'm wrong. And that's why everybody on this call needs to be thankful that they have you flying the plane because you know how to take defensive action and you know how to mitigate risk with your clients' portfolios. You could see the proverbial pie chart take a 50% hit in the next 60 days. Now, That's what about entirely possible? What, what about the person though? Because we've had a couple of clients do this, and 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 it's inevitably been, in our opinion, the wrong answer. But they say, you know what? I, I heard you, Jack. I heard you, Raiden. This is going to be a volatile 60 days. Sell me, put me in cash. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I don't want to be a part of anything right now, and I'm just going to watch what happens. Uh, versus saying, let's 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 react to what really is happening because you said it yourself you hope that doesn't happen this is a theory that could happen but it could also not happen so how do you deal with that the per, you know the mentality of just i don't want to be a part of it put me on the sidelines that's a very good question and i think i have a very good answer um, you have to have a process and the process is like managing a dining room dimmer switch on an expensive chandelier and you're in North Carolina, and a lot of your clients are in North Carolina, and I even own a property in North Carolina. And I want you to imagine that the sun is shining and the sky is blue, and um, your wife comes to you and says, there might be a hurricane, let's cancel our vacation. Well, that's not the correct answer. We're not gonna cancel our vacation because there might be a hurricane. So you get in the car, you go to your rental property or house in Duck, North Carolina, and everything's fine. And three, four days into your vacation, you hear a news report. There's a class one hurricane 500 miles away. And then it's a class two hurricane 300 miles away. And then it becomes a class three hurricane 200 miles away. And then the governor of North Carolina says, you guys might wanna get back across that bridge. That's the way you need to handle this. This is not an all or nothing uh, decision. We're not going to ignore the class five hurricane and stay in our beach house, nor are we going to cancel our vacation when there's absolutely no hurricane formations in the Atlantic. So you need to have a skilled pilot flying the plane and you two gentlemen are skilled pilots. And we need to manage that dining room dimmer switch. And as things approach negative three, negative four, negative five, that might be when you start taking defensive action. And the reason you need to do it that way is there's another scenario. The other scenario is everything I just told you could be wrong. Right. We might not, we, you know, we, we, you know, uh, Donald Trump might not die. <laughs> Uh, we might get to November 3rd and Trump is the winner or Biden is the winner and there's no civil unrest and the stock market takes off and you just missed out on all of October's gains. So it is not professional or prudent to simply say, I'm afraid of everything, sell everything and put me in cash. You could be right or you could leave some opportunity on the table. So you need to manage this. Think of the dimmer switch. 
think of the class one hurricane 500 miles away versus the class five hurricane 50 miles away. You need to manage this as a dimmer switch on a dining room wall. And as more risk comes up, we back away from the risk. Right now, there's just a teeny amount of risk on the table. There's the fear of COVID coming back. There's the fear of a disputed election. Now, as you said, it's Friday, October 2nd, the president and the first lady have coronavirus. What if the president dies from coronavirus in the next 10 days? I promise you that will have an impact on the stock market. Mm -hmm. So we need to look at all of these variables and take care of them one at a time and make a daily assessment of where we turn that dial, how we turn that dial and how we adjust that dial as the risk either increases or the risk decreases. And that's how this has to be handled. You can't just up and say, I'm done, I'm through, I'm going home. You might be right. And then again, you might be wrong. Right. Yeah. So sticking with that, because it's such a big headline right now that uh, Trump has been diagnosed with coronavirus uh, and it makes it such a reality for maybe some that have not seen it as much of a reality. Uh, what I want your opinion here as far as the stimulus package that has been held up in D.C. for quite some time now, uh, now that it, you know, our our leader has it, uh, does this push it along and make it make a realization of, you know, what's going on? I, I 100 percent. Uh, agree with that. Um, not that we want the president and his wife to have coronavirus, but I think the two of them coming down with it is going to shake up uh, the thought process of the people that are currently obstacles in getting this deal through. Uh, we still have some 18, 19 million unemployed people, especially service workers, uh, entertainment, airline travel, that type of thing. And we desperately need uh, to get that second stimulus bill off the table. And right now, uh, Munchkin, as I like to call him, uh, Secretary <laughs> Mnuchin and uh, Mark Meadows and Pelosi, they're all arguing somewhere between 1.5 trillion and 2.2 trillion. And they need to cut that crap out and just get the damn bill passed. Uh, fortunately, we dodged a bullet Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, which is which, which was the eve of October 1st, Wednesday night at about quarter after 12, Trump signed the budget bill keeping the federal government open. So we could have found ourselves in a situation where we had no federal government funding, no coronavirus stimulus, uh, and President Trump with, with, uh, with, with coronavirus. So I'm hoping this shakes up our uh, legislatures and they use this information to move this thing forward. Well, Jack, uh, you certainly has, have shared uh, a, a lot of good information with us uh, and our listeners, and we appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us and explaining things. You always do such a nice job in explaining things in a way that we can visualize it, even if we're just listening and we don't get a chance to see it. Um, and uh, I hope that for everyone listening, this has been uh, beneficial for you to kind of like look at things and, and go, okay, there is, there is a way to manage money in the market, in the stock market and mitigate risk. And I think that you've really helped us to appreciate that. So thank you so much, Jack. We certainly do appreciate you coming on. And, uh, and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for having us. And let's pray for our country and our president.
All right. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.